0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacey Barquison. And I'm Stacey Trisenko. We're talking today about attachment to our kids. Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. mine were little, I read all about attachment theory from Dr. William Sears, and I liked it. It made sense. Our babies spend the first nine months of their lives inside us. So it makes sense that as newborns, they would want to stay attached. And I remember that's it. The baby needs to be attached to me all the time. (laughs) And I remember I got I got myself a baby Bjorn, not just any baby Bjorn. I got a top of the line black leather baby Bjorn and all my babies. I wore my babies like (laughs) I wore my babies I slept with my babies I didn't put them down um and there were a lot of benefits to that but that's when they were babies Mm -hmm. um it's a little different now
1: yes yes well I always had one in my arms too I was usually carrying one and one was sitting on my foot while I'm walking around the kitchen, trying to work in the kitchen. But of course I was the mother that slept under the baby bed. So there's that. Um, But yeah, when I, you know, I adopted four girls, but they were older. I adopted one baby and I did read about attachment disorders. And um, I really, tried to make up for anything that might be there. I wanted to make sure that we attached, that we bonded. Mm-hmm. And really the first year we that's all I focused on. I was homeschooling anyway. So we just focused on bonding and, you know, learning English because uh Tori was nine years old. So she didn't speak in English and we couldn't communicate. So <laughs> had to learn that. But to this day, even I will catch myself
0: swaying. If, even if my hands are empty, if I'm just standing there, yeah. sometimes I'm swaying back and forth. Yeah. Sometimes my arms ache. That's that's the mm-hmm. great thing about grandchildren. You can feel your arms back up. You got your babies, babies, in your arms. Mm-hmm. There's a visual that helped me a lot as my kids get older, and I learned it from a friend, Dr. Jeff Thompson, who's a psychologist. He wrote his dissertation on The Dark Night of the Soul, and he was asking the question about attachment theory. When when children are not attached, what happens when they get older and they start trying to fill those voids with other things and, and they feel abandoned? And here's how the visual goes. Imagine your whole trajectory as a parent, your lifetime with your child, as a scene in a park. You're sitting on the bench at the park, and the playground equipment is a ways off, and you're sitting there with your newborn. You're holding the newborn. Um, The newborn gets a little older, and you bounce him on your knees. You eventually put him down, and he crawls around your feet, takes a few steps away from you, and as he gets a little bit older, he sees the other kids playing at the playground and he wants to go join them. And what do you do as a parent? You let him go. You encourage him. Yeah, go go play with the other kids. You should go out in the world and and make friends and do things. And so this child who's been so attached to you, slowly going away from you and you letting him go, begins to run towards the playground because he really wants to go be with those new kids. And as he's running, he trips and he falls. And now what does a child do when he's going out into the world and he trips and he falls and he's so excited and suddenly he's hurt? What does he do? He looks back at that bench where he was with you. And he needs to see that you're there, whether you're a mother or a father. He needs to see that his parents are there. Someone he bonded with is there. And what do you do then as a parent? You don't say, oh, come back here. You can never go away from the bench again. No, you, you just give him a thumbs up. You say, I'm here. I'm here. I'm cheering for you. You're going to be okay. Get back up and go. I'm going to be right here. Now that's a that's a beautiful story. It's very simple, but I think it it makes some of us choke up because we know that feeling. Um, but the contrast that very healthy view of attachment and letting go to what happens when things go wrong. Contrast that to go back to the newborn with the mother on the bench or the father on the bench, and they're not there. Maybe they don't hold the baby, they put the baby down. Maybe they get up and walk away and leave the baby there and caretakers come and go. Maybe they stay there but they're distracted and they're neglecting the child. Maybe they put the child down to crawl and then they go. Maybe somewhere along the way, and that's what Dr. Thompson was studying, somewhere along the way there was something that went wrong with the attachment. And so what does that do later on? When the child grows up and starts to run off into life and and do his own thing, when he falls, he doesn't have anyone to look back to. He doesn't have that grounding to that safe place. And so he looks for other things to feel that safety. And I think it's heartbreaking, but it... It helps me. I mean, obviously, (laughs) to put this into perspective here, we don't get up off the bench and go chasing our children, though. We do have to let them go while we're watching and while we're holding them close in our hearts. Yes. And I don't think it gets
1: any easier. I mean, I love the picture that I get in my mind when you tell that story. And I mean, you're right. Every day, it's a balancing act from the minute they start walking. Do we catch them when they fall? Do we let them cry? How how do we run after them? How long do we let them cry? I mean, when there's all these questions, you want to do everything just right. But I remember, you know, even right away, you know, you let them kind of spread their wings. You let them try new Mm -hmm. things. But for me, I never let my kids out of my eyesight. I mean, I followed (laughs) them around. I I was, I was that mom. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, My mom, on the other hand, back in the day, you know, we lived out in the country and she let me go and do whatever I wanted to. But there was a boundary. There was an unseen boundary. And it it all stemmed around her standing on the front porch and yelling my name. And I knew how far I could get <laughs> that if, if I was out of earshot, I'd get in trouble. But I knew just how far I could get to where I could still hear her. And it was just a really cool little boundary because I could do whatever I wanted to within that area as long as I didn't do, get too far away where I couldn't hear her call me home. And, um, but letting go, you know, for me, of course, has been very challenging, but even from, even breastfeeding to going off to preschool, to graduating yes. and moving up, there's so many benchmarks that you, you go through and each time, each time it seems like, you know, you, you think it would be easier by now, but it mm-hmm. just seems like I have to let go all over again and it's still hard. Well, yeah. I've Breastfeeding though, I mean... <laughs> I was determined that once there was a tooth on top and a tooth, on top, it was over. I was done. So that one, that one was pretty easy for me. I think the hardest one when they were little was going off to preschool oh. because I was a hot mess. I mean, I'm going to tell you, this is almost too embarrassing <laughs> to share, but I have to tell you, Okay, so when my boys went off to, to preschool, we did a three day a week, Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And my, my youngest, he's, he's fine. He was young. Just let me go. Uh, you know, I'm here, the party can start. That was kind of his attitude. (laughs) But my older one, um, the first day he went into his classroom and he was so upset. He was so upset with me. I got upset. The principal actually took me to her office and told me that I could sit there until he calmed down. And I started crying. He was crying, and that actually left lasted all day long. I never left her office. I sat in there the entire day. And then two days later, later, which would have been Wednesday, so it was the second day of school, dropped him off again. He's crying. I'm crying. She takes me back to her office This time, I sat on her couch. and she came in after about an hour or so and said he was he was a little mad, but he was doing better, and I could go if I wanted to, but I stayed. I stayed all day, the second day. <laughs> The third day of school. This is the Friday. The third day of school, I drop him off and I just go straight to her office. I didn't <laughs> wait for her to take me. I went to her, for her office. I sat on her couch.
0: Let's and do this school I'm, thing. I'm, I'm
1: like, after about an hour or two, she comes in there and she's like, "Stacey, he's engaging. He's doing great. He's he's awesome." And I started to say, "Can I just stay here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sit on this couch."
1: <laughs> I was like pretty comfortable right there on that couch. She gently and firmly picked me up by my arm and walked me out. And she said, You need to be strong like your son. You have to be strong. Get out of my office. Um, so, um, okay, maybe I am the extreme,
0: but when a mother tells me she's struggling with this, let me tell you, I can relate. Yeah, I mean, you, your bench was the couch at the school, <laughs> you can just move it on right into <laughs> Your bench is movable.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I,
0: I can totally relate. I mean, we've, we've had. We we homeschooled for a while too and and part of that was I I didn't want to have to see them go off. I wanted no. to keep them close. That was attachment parenting continuing on. Mm-hmm. What we're focusing on today, we're reminiscing about mm-hmm. the past because we Stacey and I both were attachment parents. We we were all into that <laughs> attachment. But they don't really mm-hmm. prepare you for older kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like No one, um, not ministries in the Catholic Church, which is not a criticism, it's just an opportunity maybe to expand what we do in family life ministry. I just feel like I was unprepared. There's all this talk Mm -hmm. about being open to life and having babies and then being there for your babies. I mean, I, I left my job to be home with my kids. But what is it like with older kids? When the kids get older, I think it's harder. Mm hmm because now you don't have a baby that doesn't talk back, that you just figure out what you're going to do. You have a young adult who does talk back, who does mm-hmm. have a developed personality. Right. And no one, I felt completely unprepared for what Stacy and I are, are living right now with our older kids. And, and we're talking about this because it, it's graduation week. Yes. And um, I know you, Stacey, are, are dealing with that in a very mm-hmm. real way. We're living it right now. And I'm telling you, maybe raising small kids is kind of like giving birth. You don't remember the labor pains, so maybe I'm not remembering how hard it was when my kids were small. I just re- I just long for the days when my biggest problems were changing diapers and yeah. filling bottles and worrying about what kind of baby soap to use in the bath at night. Mm-hmm. I, it, there's no it is so much harder now in this phase of life, harder to navigate. And that's what we're talking about today, um, mm-hmm. how to let go of our older kids. Stacey, talking about your son going off to preschool, you just had one of them graduate from college. This yes. Last yes.
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> Yay, My son just <laughs> graduated
0: from the Mays Business School at
1: A&M. And and i am so, so just so proud of him. And he's about to start a, actually a marketing, uh, his mas- getting his master's in marketing there. So I've got another year, really. My youngest is going to be a senior next year. And she wants to follow in her brother's footsteps and go to AM. and And so we're already talking about this. And we're already talking about, you know, how she's even talking to me about, you know, mom one more year. And then I'm, and I keep trying to tell her, well, you know, there's a, there's a college right around the corner. She's no, no, no. <laughs> and then I'll tell her, well, when we, when, move we. To A&M, when we go to school, <laughs> me and my couch, <laughs> that's right. You can take the, the turquoise couch and park it at a <laughs> That's right. But I remember when my two oldest, when my, my oldest daughter got her own place And it wasn't long after that, that her younger sister wanted to move out too. And I know a lot of families don't have this option, but it kind of made it easier because she ended up moving in with her sister. Mm -hmm. And at least I knew where she was. I knew they were together. And it kind of gave me a peace of mind to know that she was there with her sister, but yet it gave her that independence that she was looking for. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, every family's different, but that was a, that was a good solution and kind of made that transition easier on me, I think.
0: No, and they were still together. Yeah, yeah. We're only about half grown. Um, my my oldest two kids are are off on their own, married, on their own homes. They're doing great. My next two youngest, uh, in their late teens, are also. They moved in together, um, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to go. We have three still at home, plus a granddaughter temporarily that's that's living with us until her mom can take care of her. Um, and then you know, kind of talking about how we navigate these older years don't stand so close to me, how to let go, how to, how to be on the bench in the later years mm. without, you know, moving our couch into the <laughs> principal's office. <laughs> Cause, I, cause, I I, Cause we know when, we, whenever we try to hang on too tight, we, we push them away and yes. more yes. and then they don't want to come back. Mm, yeah. um, I think a lot about what kind of old lady I'm going to be. And I don't want to be that mom that, that feels needy and clingy and like my, my kids have to call me every day and my kids have to Mm -hmm. do all this or I'll, I'll guilt trip them into, I don't want to be like that, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I don't want to be absent either. I I very much want to still be on my bench Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all can listen to our episode, How Can I Be Happy in Heaven If My Kids Are in Hell? One of the hardest things navigating, it's not just do our kids like us or not. It's letting go of our kids, not to just trip and fall as they run off to play on the playground, but watching them make decisions mm-hmm. that put their mortal soul in danger mm-hmm. or put their health in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very it's very hard to just sit on the bench when you want to stand up and start screaming and running and flailing your arms, saying "No, no, no! Don't do that." Um, but mm-hmm. I have learned, and we so we have a whole episode on that. But one of the biggest things—this is going to sound like no advice at all—but man, it was so hard for me—is to learn to just stay on my bench, stay in my lane, <laughs> and listen. Like, Um, I don't know if it's just me or if it's every mom's, but like when your kids are little, you don't have to listen. You listen to their cries. You're making all the decisions. It's all a one-way conversation. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to, even when they get into grade school. But more and more now it's just listening because the kids are becoming their own personalities and they're uh, thinking they have their own ideas. (laughs) Of course, I'm like, yeah, that's not a new idea. There, like, you know, you and just about every other young adult have asked these questions and challenged these things, but they're having their own thoughts and it's really been hard for me just to learn to sit back, but that's the most powerful thing I've changed in myself is Shut your mouth and listen. Just yeah. let them talk and don't freak out. Be that place that they can say anything. Because if you start freaking out, then they 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 hear that you're not going to listen, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you not even being on that bench anymore. Because all you're going to do is sit there and talk and moralize and preach. They're not going to come back. You may as well be gone. But Stacey, you have some scripture based tips as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And you know, while you were talking, though, right, right quick, while you we were talking, just the um. You know, I'm learning to do that, too. I am learning to listen. And it is so hard. It is so hard. I'm learning. I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm so trying. Okay, so I know everyone's probably heard the scripture, Proverbs 22, 6. Train children in the right way, and when old, they will not stray. Now, I really believe this scripture is meant to encourage us, but (laughs) for me, When a child strayed or made a decision that I didn't agree with, you know, we've said many, I've said many times and we've said on previous podcasts, you know, we have to walk this thing called life out. And I think like what you were just saying, Stacey, it's so hard to let our children. I mean, it's hard for us to do that. And it's hard for us as moms to watch our children, but and to let them release them to walk this thing called life out on their own. And so, yes, this scripture is meant to encourage, but sometimes I I question, did I do enough? Did I train Mm -hmm. enough? Did I listen enough? Um, You know, what you said, on sitting on the bench and listen is just so loud in my ear right now. And, you know, I know God gave me two ears and one mouth so I can listen twice as much as I talk. But as a mom, it is so Mm -hmm. hard for me. And I'm still trying to get that down. But sometimes, Stacey, I may just need to borrow your duct tape. (laughs) yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to borrow that so that I can just keep my mouth shut. Um, but back to that scripture, I know that we ask ourselves, did we train them in the right way? Did we just yes, all the time? And, you know, I remember when my kids were little, I went to a parenting conference. It was a two day little uh, conference that some wonderful parents put on, and now I knew these parents, so I knew that they they had fruit in their family and in mm-hmm. their marriage and with their children and it was a um you know they didn't just talk the talk they walked it out mm-hmm. and everything that first day everything that they told us to do i had not done everything <laughs> that they said don't do I had done. and uh, i went home that night oh man and i was i was devastated i went home i went i was just deflated. I went to bed early and I didn't go back the next day. I was oh. so down. And and I just remember thinking, I can't learn from perfection. <laughs> I learn mm-hmm. from other people's mistakes. And so, I mean, the whole woulda, coulda, shoulda was just mm-hmm. beating me up. So let this scripture not, not do that to you. Just know yeah. that when we start training them up in the way that they sh- should go and when they're old they will not stray just like Stacy says they will come back they do come back and I think so when, when you when you were talking to me about the subject for this podcast I don't know if I told you this or not but right before you called me I had been <laughs> reading in my Bible Jeremiah 29 11 through 13 and I had just written down in my journal and I had written down um that I felt like the Lord was pushing me out of my nest and that he was pushing me out of my comfort zone. And and in my journal, I started to list down all the things that were happening in my life right now that were pushing me out of my comfort zone. And then I wrote, when I pray, I feel Jesus holding me close, saying he has me, yet pushing me out at the same time. (laughs) I can go as long as he has me. And then you called and we started talking about doing this episode. And I was like, I was just writing about this for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is key. This is a goal as parents to encourage and even push sometimes gently and lovingly, just like that mm-hmm. lady gently and pushed me out of her office. But yet at the same time, letting our kids know that we're there. And it is mm-hmm. a balancing act. It's always that balancing, you know, letting them go, but letting them know that we're still there. So Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Then... When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. So, you know, he has a plan, a purpose, a future, a hope for each of us. Mm-hmm. He tells us right there that when we call him, he w- we will hear him. He will answer us. When we look for him and search for him, we will find him. And it's kind of like what we tell our children, right? Yeah. We, we tell them, I just want the best for you. I want a future full of hope for you. So go, chase your dreams, do what you feel called to do, but know that I'm always there for you if you mm-hmm. need I'm, Just call me anytime. And so, I mean, I want my children to know that I'm there for them and praying for them and that God is there for them. And of course he can do more for them than I can. But I also would like to just encourage all the moms and dads out there to know that God's there for us too. When we feel like we can't, or we didn't do enough, or we dropped the ball, you know, he's there for us and he can take up that slack and fill in those gaps that we feel that we've left. And in a previous episode, you know, I often prayed that, I I said that I often prayed when the kids were little, Lord, please protect them, but protect them from me. (laughs) It reminds me to ask forgiveness for what I've done and what I've failed to do when raising my kids. And I have to trust that God is still today in my older grown children and in the ones that I have close to me that, that they are, that God's still answering that prayer. And when our children move out of the house, you know, of course we know that our jobs as parents, you know, that's, it's not over. It doesn't Mm -hmm. end there. I think that we need those knee pads, you know, we need them because we need them now, not just for our children, but for ourselves. I mean, we need it. We need to be praying for ourselves, Um, asking God what his plans are for us now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the bigger picture that we have to remember, just as you were describing that I'm having the vision of, um, We may be sitting on that bench while our children wander off, but we ourselves are children too. We're not wandering off, but we're going out into the world as disciples in Mm -hmm. in God's grace. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, true communion, um, united with the Catholic Church. We're going out into the world ourselves as disciples, and we're not alone either. We haven't Mm -hmm. been shoved out of the nest to go run away. And I I think there's a lot we can learn from that model because— Because God lets us go to have our own free will while holding us close and and, uh, raising the older kids, being there for my older kids. The ones under my roof, I think I spend more time worrying about the ones that are not under my roof anymore, because at least I can see the ones that live here. I, I can see that they're OK. I have used this analogy, and I found this to be very powerful just as a practical tip. I've told my kids about the bench story before, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just want you to know. And this is <clears throat> it's one of the things about being honest with them. I want you to know how hard it is for me sitting here, because I love you so much. My arms ache that you're gone and, and I, I feel a loss sometimes with everything that's going on with all of you, because it's not just me and you, it's me and all of you. And there's stuff going on with all of you. And it, it's like whack-a-mole sometimes. I don't know <laughs> which problem is going to jump up today that I'm going to have to deal with. It makes me feel so burdened that I, I, feel like I, I feel like I have a concrete shawl, like I, I have a shawl made out of concrete wrapped around my shoulders mm. and it's weighing me down. And then to add to the metaphor, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm in water with a concrete blanket on my shoulders and I'm sinking and I'm mm-hmm. panicking, not just because of the burden, I'm panicking because I also can't get air. But mm-hmm. I let my kids know the bench. I tell them jokingly, You know, I'm on the bench, right? Like I'm trying to keep myself seated on this bench. I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to listen, but it's really hard sometimes. Um, I want this to be a safe place of truth and love for you to come back to. And there's so much power in just saying that to my older kids, Mm -hmm. even if they don't agree, even if they don't want to come to church, um, even if there's pain from the past that still needs to be healed. I realize, and I think my kids realize they've told me so, they realize mom is not just this perfect superhero that's unchanging. I myself am a woman of grace, still growing, still working on myself. And I'm open to changing whatever I need to in myself to heal the relationships with them as we both age together. Mm.
1: The, the bench is so powerful. I mean, I can just see you creating such a safe place for your kids to come and sit when they need to. I came across a poem that is entitled For My Child. I make my plans for you from birth, carefully carving out your worth. So wrapped up in who you'll be, I neglect your individuality. Mm -hmm. Temptation and pressure attack you all day. How as a parent can I keep it away? I pray that you'll receive Mm -hmm. God's grace. And when you need to, slow your pace. Will my guidance be enough to guard and keep you from all that stuff? My goal in life is to see you succeed. What's the best way to plant that seed? I'll give you the room to make a mistake. I'll trust you with each step you take. I'll tell you I love you when you make a mess. I'll tell you no when I want to say yes. I'll give you the space to set your tone. Adjust my expectations as you create your own.
0: Uh, I love that poem because you know what? That's the power in the written word. When you're reading that, it's like all the words I want to say from my own heart, but I realized someone else wrote that. And mm-hmm. that means what we're feeling is not unique. Like this is something that a lot of parents deal with. It lets you know that that you're not alone in all these feelings that we have about letting our kids go while holding them close in our heart.
1: I found a website that gave some suggestions for those of us who are expen- experiencing empty nest syndrome or in the process of. Um, the first thing it suggested was to keep in touch. Yeah. You can continue to be close to your children even when you live apart. Um, and maybe not move in with them like I keep telling my daughter. <laughs> <I'm gonna do. laughs> uh, the second thing was seek support. You know, share your feelings with loved ones and friends. You know, I have a lot of moms going through this right mm-hmm. now, Stacy. I mean, I will be
0: calling you boo-hooing. <laughs> we'll, we'll meet up at the y'all come back cafe and have lunch. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and the third thing
1: it suggested was stay positive. You know, think about that extra time that you're going to have, um, the energy that you're going to have to devote to your marriage, your personal interests. You know, maybe we can ask God for our marching orders in this new stage of life, his new plans for us, or maybe we take on a new remodeling project. I don't know. Basically, just to sum this all up, it's not like we'll never talk to them again. We still have a, everyone has a phone. We can still call them, talk to a friend, phone a friend,
0: uh, ask for prayer, and focus on those projects you never had time to do. They Um, always come back. They always come back, but they come back quicker and sooner and there's less turmoil if If you are working on yourself, meanwhile, if you'd like these things that you're suggesting, Stacey, keep in touch, seek support, stay positive. If we as parents work on ourselves through that phase of life, if we acknowledge that, yeah, there's not really a a manual for -hmm. raising newborns, there's not really a manual for raising young adults, Mm -hmm. but keep working on yourself. Um, because as you work on yourself, your kids will see that and you're actually making, you're setting a good, um, example for them. You're you're showing your kids what it looks like to continue to age because one day they're going to be in your place probably. Yeah. And you're showing them how to age gracefully, how to mature, how to keep saying in self awareness, what do I need to change? And also I always tell my kids, I'm praying for you. Even the ones that, that say, I'm not, I'm not, I don't pray anymore. I'm not Catholic. I let them know I am, and I'm praying for you, and mm-hmm. and I say it in a non judgmental way. I just say, you know, you're in my heart every day. I'm praying for you. I have my prayer time, and I pray, and I list them all, and it's a long list. Um, but I specifically pray for those children because in my mind, I'm holding them closer in my heart, even as I'm keeping my bottom on the bench, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, I need a way to hang on to them. It's like you have That's to pray so more. Good. Um, but that that healed that healed a lot of things. I'm Stacy Parkwison, and I'm Stacy Trascencos. Until next time,
1: if you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy
0: and for more information.